we go on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter, for now, and Instagram, at Tall Can Audio, and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. And uh, happy to be welcoming back into the show the only guy with the uh, the slightly more sultry, deeper baritone vocals than uh, than myself. Steve Bund is back. What's happening, man? Oh, you're so sweet to me and my <laughs> voice. But uh, I wish the Telecan audio fans out front were a lot nicer to me. They don't like when I pull up. Back hassling you again. Yeah, geez. There's a couple of them that just they chase me into the it's building. That, it's that Bunda limo, right? That stretch job he rolls in and it, yeah, it, it that's gets them uh, all fired up. So That highly stolen uh, Honda <laughs> CRV right now that is, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the big reports of uh, stolen vehicles across Ottawa and it's like I've got a CRV with a bit of a dent on it so I'm I'm Bunda's like, got a great new collection don't uh, don't take my CRV <laughs> but uh yeah I might need to use the uh fire escape to get out of here Maddie but uh thanks for having me back in man I appreciate it <laughs> uh I guess it's been about a month or so now and uh we got lots to cover man uh but you know where we always start man so uh, what are we sipping on today yeah you uh you surprised me I think this was on purpose with a special release uh from Castle it's a peppermint imperial stout strong Ten percenter. Yeah. Um, the can is green with a nice train on it. I appreciate that because <laughs> green's my favorite color. Okay. Uh, but man, does it ever taste like a ten percent beer? But that peppermint flavor, oh baby, it's tasty. Uh, I had one of those on Saturday night, I think, while I was watching the hockey game. So you're a brave man because you know Tuesday afternoon <laughs> riding with the Imperial Stout. But your day starts at like five o'clock in the morning or earlier, I guess. So uh, yeah. you know you're. You're, you're pushing happy hour now anyway, and, uh, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah, pretty much, right? I yeah. could uh, go ahead and do whatever I want, but uh, I didn't realize it was 10%. I went, I saw Peppermint Imperial Stout, and right. I was like, I'm in. Okay. Um, I told you when I came in here right now, I'm in, uh, I just, I made my first adult move, Maddie. Mm. I think in the last little while, I bought myself a coffee machine. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a big, big coffee guy because I don't like hot beverages. I don't like soup. I don't like piping hot food. Yeah, same, man. I'm not really into most of that. Yeah, okay. so, but I, I like iced coffee. Coffee. Okay. So I bought a coffee machine that can specialize in iced coffee yeah. and get froth that I can make my own kind of Starbucks drink. Shout out oh, Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsor this pod, please. <laughs> uh, but so I went out and bought my own uh, coffee machine and uh, this morning I used peppermint cream mm-hmm. to kind of just have a little flavor to it and make it taste a little better. And then uh, I bought some you know, peppermint chocolates not long ago. I love the uh, girl guide cookies, the peppermint oh, chocolate. Yeah, and so those are awesome. opening the door and I see this beer in there, I was like, I'm in. And then I saw 10% and I was like, sheesh, but I'm all right. I'm Sometimes it doesn't, uh, it, it bites you later. Um, we had, uh, well, this would be probably pre pandemic, maybe December, 2019 or something. Andy Nita was in here from the Nita beer company and he, uh, came in to have a couple beers with Rob and I, and, uh, he brought a bunch of stuff for us to try. And so we're, we've each had maybe, I don't know, no more than three each while we're doing the show. And, uh, they weren't totally labeled yet. Right. They were just kind of some of the blank cans and, you know, just sort of written on what they were. And he's like, everybody's feeling a little fucking, he's like, oh yeah, no, the, the sour there that we were having, that's an 8%. You're like, okay. So three of those was (laughs) putting everybody, it it throws you off, man. You expect out of a beer, right? If you're not, if you're not paying attention, you go 5%. I sort of know what that does to me. I can have six or eight beers or whatever before you're feeling too. But if they suddenly crank up the volume to eight or 10%, you're 
you notice, man. You notice. That's the uh, isn't that? I don't know if it's the best, the worst part of craft beer, yeah, right? It's because both, right? It's... you can enjoy like an IPA, and they can range from four percent to ten percent, twelve percent. You can grab a Imperial Stout that yeah. can be four percent, or it could be ten <laughs> yeah. percent. So I uh, I love it, uh, but like you said, you have a couple, you can uh, feel it pretty quickly. Yeah, you got to watch your ass a little, right? So uh, I'm also having something from the Castle Brewery here. This is their. Uh, it's called Lil Red. Uh, I'm all about uh, a red. I, I do enjoy those. So um, I did an order from them a week or two ago now. And uh, you had said when we were talking in the green room, you'd never heard of them. No. The only thing, or the only other place I'd ever tried their stuff was over at uh, Sir John A's on Elgin. When I used to go in there, okay. uh, they had one called uh, the Golden Rail Honey Brown. And it was a nice beer, but I never saw it anywhere in town or at the LCBO, other bars, whatever. So whenever I would go into John A's, which was reasonably often, I know some people who live down in that area, uh, I would always have it. And then it just sort of slipped your mind and then the pandemic sets in and you're not going anywhere or trying anything for a while. And and so I jumped on just to see this Castle Brewery. Did it survive the pandemic? Do they have mm. other beers? And uh, they had a bunch of stuff that looked okay. So yeah, put in an order. And yeah, that's where that stout came from. That's where this uh, little red came from. I, of course, grabbed some of those... Uh, golden rail, honey brown and, oh, uh, yeah. ordered some of them as well. So, uh, yeah, they make some nice stuff. Um, like I said, I'd only ever tried the one in the bar, but now we've got a bunch here in the studio to try. So well, keep an eye out. I will. And I'll be sure. Like I said, this is a pretty tasty pint. So I'm down and it's a little nippy too. So I dig that. It, yeah. Winter's here now. And, uh, I guess they're calling like tomorrow or the next day for 10 centimeters of snow or. Guess we can move on to Christmas season after American <laughs> Thanksgiving. How'd you do, man? We, we, the, the final run there up leading up to. I think it's 53. I hit 53 movies. 53 horror movies before yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. No, I, uh, I powered through on a couple. I made sure. What I was f- the final one? What was the, the finale? The final two are always on Halloween evening, Halloween and Halloween two, the okay. originals from yep. 78 and I believe 80. Uh, with, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in yeah. it. Uh, but those are my Halloween night tradition. I usually throw on, uh, like I said, the first one and then the second one, I got a couple of trick-or-treaters. I wasn't expecting that. So <laughs> I threw out a couple of uh, chocolate bars for some people. Oh, and boy. yeah, as I was watching the movie, I was a little impressed because, uh, my neighborhood, I live in the Glebe and usually the Glebe likes to complain a lot, but, uh, they were actually pretty good. There were a couple of people in the neighborhood had some, some crazy setups, which made me pretty happy. I had a little, a couple things out, but nothing too wild. Cause yeah. I wasn't sure how wild to go. But it was pretty good. But uh, yeah, 50, uh, 53 movies, I'm pretty sure was my final tally. And I, <laughs> I squeezed in Halloween Ends, uh, which was the final the new movie. One, right? with, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, she kind of closes the door on the Halloween franchise for herself, I believe. Okay. Um, so the franchise may not be dead, but her role is, is done. Yeah. One well, movie, especially for those kinds of movies, right? They're never dead. No. Like here comes Rob Zombie making his own like <laughs> couple. And then, you know, in 10 years from now, I'm sure there's a couple more, but, uh, no, it was, it was all right. Like, uh, I, I didn't, uh, love it, but I re- appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um, parts of it was interesting. I don't want to give any spoilers because I know you're probably itching to watch sure, it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there ever, uh, like. On November 1st, is there ever like, I really wanted to get to this one and I didn't. So like, does it ever run past Halloween? Like it was one I, I just, I, I didn't have time for. I got to get this in. No. no. I, I just think turn the page right away. A couple of years ago, yes. Yeah. I think I started late and then I got sidetracked and I was, I, uh, you know, doing a lot with work, right? Uh, covering Sense games and stuff back yeah. in the day for TSN. It was always, you know, every couple nights I would only be able to squeeze so many in and then I would start later and I wouldn't get as many and I'd get grumpy because I wouldn't watch as many as I'd like. 
<laughs> so then I've always started earlier and I find myself usually progress like probably going a couple days or a couple, like maybe a week or so earlier, almost every year. I think I started mid September, like September 15th this year. Right. And I'll probably start September, you know, 10th next year, I, depending on what I do, but I usually <laughs> try- more years, you'll be firing this up on Canada Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then I'll be getting to like some side move. I'll be like on Netflix and I'll check out like, oh, what is this? Oh, Sasquatch Creek. Oh, and it's like, oh, you know what? Cool. I'll put that on. But sure. then it's like, ah, oh, but I missed out on getting to Friday the 13th this year. So dang, why did I <laughs> prioritize the wrong movie here? So now I give myself lots of time so I don't miss out on the main movies and I can try a couple new ones. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Sens. You were out there on Monday night to cover the game, and uh, it was a big deal. It was a little different. They started the game at 5.30 so that uh, uh, the game would be over before the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, because, of course, uh, here in Ottawa, the, all the news and all the focus was on Daniel Alfredson going in to become uh, a Hall of Famer. So the idea was finish the game up, and then you can put up on the big screen the induction ceremony and, and you know, him giving his speech and, and things like that. Uh, what was it like, man? Rob texted me this morning and said, uh, cause he had gone to it. He said it was a bit of a bummer that there was only like 13,500 people there, which he thought, you know, for a night like that, uh, was, was disappointing. But at the same time, when you start at five 30, not everybody can get from work. It is earlier. What do you mm-hmm. think of it? How'd it go? Yeah, that was one of the first things I picked up on was how light the crowd was. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect with a 5.30 start on a Monday, especially like that. It it was a recipe for disaster. And I saw some people talking about it on Twitter about just how the NHL should do a better job of prioritizing the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, uh, having the night off and letting hockey fans watch and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd agree. Um, Especially, I like the way the Sens did that though, and how, well, one, that the Sens did it, but that Lula and Morello and the Islanders agreed to doing it. Yeah. Right. They were on a tough four game road trip and, and here you are playing at five thirty on a, on a Monday night. That's which, true. They could have put up a fuss and. Especially with sweet Lou, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not so sweet most no. of the time. <laughs> uh, so credit to him for doing that and appreciating Daniel Alfredson and what he means to Ottawa, the city, the fans. Uh, I think that was a pretty cool move by them. Yeah. Um, but very underwhelming crowd wise for sure. And I think, like you said, if he's saying 13, I won't lie. I'm taking the under on that pretty okay. easily. On oh, that. wow. It was a very empty crowd. Um, very underwhelming. Uh, they haven't played very good, so it's not ideal. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, so I, I understand if fans didn't want to. I also understand, like I said, people, and like you said, people are working. It's hard to get to a 5.30 game. You got kids. You got things to do. Yeah. You, you don't have the time and, you, you know, cutting out of work early. You know, you got inflation, whatever it is, excuses. I, I'll, I'll hear all of them out. I'm never going to chirp people for not going to yeah, a game. It seems like one of those things that was a really cool idea, like really. Yeah. And then in, in principle, you're like, oh, shit, like. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm with you. I, I I'm happy to rip on the sends whenever I can. But I looked at this and went, "That's a cool idea." Like, let's see if we can get yeah. that. To, but but yeah, on a Monday, you know, you're you're just coming off the weekend too, and maybe the kids are tired from whatever you've been doing. You got hockey practices, you got whatever gymnastics practice, piano lessons, whatever your kids might be into. You're working till five, right? You're, like, yeah, you're not even home anything. from work. You haven't had dinner yet. You know, maybe it was a, a tougher sell than. Um, you know, like I said, I, when I first looked at it, I was like, yeah, good call, good call, good idea. And then you actually kind of look at it after the fact and how it played out. You're like, yeah, I yeah. kind of see why maybe that didn't pan out. I would have loved that if it was on a, like a Saturday or a Sunday, sure, yeah. you know, that would have been the perfect recipe to have this kind of an idea, but it, 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 there was no harm in trying it. No. It's a big deal. And I, I like that they still did it regardless of however many tickets they were selling because a lot of people too thought, uh, you know, I've, I've had to explain to a lot of people that he wasn't getting inducted to the hall of fame 
in Ottawa last night. Right. It was in Toronto, and like you said, it was being watched on the big screen. Um, uh, I thought it was a cool moment seeing a, a lot of the Sens players on the bench watching. Sure, yeah. Um, that was cool to see just supporting Alfie and how much he means. Everybody knows how much he means to this franchise, and seeing him back, part of it, now he's in the Hall of Fame, it just it means a lot, and it's, it's it was good to cheer for. I wish the game last night was a little bit more exciting yeah, for Sens some lose, of the fans. Which also didn't help. No, yeah. no, four two loss, and now the injuries are piling up, and uh, you know the fire Coach DJ, hot yeah, <laughs> fire DJ chants are coming, and you're getting to a point now where the excitement level around this team that was so heavy after this off season, right? It was all about the hot Pierre summer of yeah. <laughs> all the free, you know, bringing in Claude Giroux, trading for Alex Debrinkit. Like here comes Cam Talbot. And it's like, okay, now we're excited. Everybody signed long-term now. And, uh, you know, we got the Jimmy Stew contract done. And yep. Josh Norris is now yep. done long-term. Brady Kachuk's done long-term. Thomas Shabbat's done long-term. Here comes Jake Sanderson making his NHL debut. You know, and then it was a good start to the season. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, it's been a bit of a rough slide. So now that you've got that excitement from the off season kind of, you know, fizzled out and now that you have the Alfie Hall of Fame ceremony kind of dealt with, it's like now it's kind of you're trying I'll be honest with you, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if I'd woke up woke up this morning here on Tuesday and seen DJ was was done. I, I honestly thought Yeah with how it had gone in the last little while, you didn't want to do it after Thursday, right? And then they win on Saturday. And then they lose again. But even if they'd lost Saturday, you can't fire DJ because now when everyone comes back to the rink on Monday, instead of talking about Alfie and this cool Hall of Fame thing we're doing, we've totally overshadowed that by firing the coach. So I, I sort of had it in my head, you know, that Tuesday morning, if things aren't going well, that might be the time. And as we sit here right now, uh, that isn't the case, but he may be on a pretty short leash at this point. Yeah, you'd like to think so, especially with how things are going. I I... I don't know where I fall on this. Like I've always, I've always thought it's a tough spot to be in because you hear Pierre Dorian a couple of weeks ago come out and defend him, but mm-hmm. then you do look at the injuries that are piling up yep. right now and the way that things are going. But you're also in a spot where you've started terribly the last couple seasons and you've missed the playoffs. You're in a spot right now where you came out starting okay with four straight wins at home, and then I believe they're five and nine right now. They're yeah. just yeah, they're not in a good spot, and it's like you're in and you know they're still injured, right? Shabbat's going to miss like about another you know week or so with a concussion. Zub, they were hoping to get back by now. They haven't yet. Uh, you know, you've got Norris is yeah, out yeah, that no, Norris, yeah, for a good long term period. So there goes your number one center. You know, you're just dealing with injuries piling up and unfortunate ser- uh, circumstances piling up right now. And then you go to the guys like you know Travis Hamanek, who came in here last year, and you thought I, I thought was you know did a pretty good job. I, I thought he was solid last year when he was brought in. And then okay, you look at the the sweetheart from last year. Um, why is his name spill up in my mind right now, madam? Nick Holden? Yeah, Nick Holden, sorry. Yeah. Nick Holden and how he surprised a lot of people last year of yeah. how, how solid he was. This year he's been quite underwhelming. Right. And, you know, you can go you know up and down the lineup. Or of another year in of Eric Brandstrom, who I've kept saying, play that guy. He's going to be something. He's They're playing him and he's not yeah. panning out. It's it's not there, right? Like it, I think he's fine as a third pair defenseman. I always thought there might be room for him to become more. I'm not sure that's still the case, right? And no, it's another I, one of those guys. And the more you lose, like you know, you're you're just you're slick, you're quickly falling out of a playoff spot, yeah. and you're making it even harder to climb out of. Which is what we've seen from this team the last little while. We've seen them heat up towards this, you know, March, 
April, late run, and it's like, well, man, if we just won a couple more games, we didn't have this, you know, three twelve and whatever starts, and the, you know, now right now you're looking at four and nine start or five and nine start, and it's like we didn't have that, and you look back on those games, like these games matter. Everybody says it's early, and you know, well, there's that stat right by yeah. American Thanksgiving. Teams who aren't in the playoffs only make it like 10% of the time or something like that. And not only is Ottawa not in the playoffs, they're like seven points. Yeah. Right. It's far. Like, I was surprised um, when Rob was in here on Sunday. He basically made it sound like season's over. Like, I I said, like, is, you know, you're you're making it sound like the season's over. And he kind of threw it back to me, like, well, isn't it? And I I guess, right? Like, you're mid November. It's not over. But it's unlikely that they're going to to make this run and be playing those meaningful games late at this point. Like you can't be falling this far out of it this quick. But no, and you it look- does feel early, but it's not that early. Like you were just saying, those points matter. You got to have them later, right? Yeah. And I get the idea of not wanting to fire uh, DJ Smith right away because of the circumstances and how things are going. But like, like you, like I just said, and like you just said, you look at it. The Blue Jackets have nine points. Ottawa's eleven, so they're second last in the Eastern Conference yeah. right now. You look at teams ahead of them, the Sabers. You know, a couple wins ahead of them, but Red Wings, the Canadians, Habs, the, ha- the Red Wings. These are all teams that you know we're kind of going through rebuilds as well and aren't very sexy. And you could say Ottawa's got a lot more talent than them. But they're still winning. Yep. You look at the Montreal Canadiens, yes. the amount of injuries and players that they've had, the offseason, they're bringing in Marty St. Louis. Got four rookies on the blue yeah, line. Yeah, <laughs> you got a lot. And they're still getting the job done, though. Like, it's it, there's a, it's it's not ideal, and I get Sens fans being grumpy. Like, I get it. Yeah. The Fire DJ stuff, I, I don't know where I come in on that just yet. I, I don't want to say I'm a fence sitter, but I'm also looking at the situation where is it his fault or is it not his fault? But at the same time, someone needs to be held accountable for yeah. this situation. And at this point, like it, I, it is fair to criticize DJ. I think, yeah, it's to me, if you want to fire him, fire him. I, I don't think he's a particularly good coach. I think he's one of those guys that helps you through the rebuild and then you fire when it's time for somebody new. At the same time, I don't necessarily hang the last couple of weeks on him because the team, the blue line isn't good um, and they're, they are dealing with these injuries. So I don't know if it makes sense to do it right now. At the same time, I do think you're going to do it eventually. So if it makes everybody feel better, fine, go ahead. But I don't necessarily think this team was way better that like with a good coach that this team is way better, right? I, I just kind of think right now with the injuries and the blue line and everything that they have, yeah, this is sort of what they are at this yeah. point. And well, on you know, game tomorrow against the Buffalo Sabres, like are they going to be able to handle that game if they lose again at home? To the Buffalo Sabres, yeah. it's not going to go over well. No the Devils, who have had a, like a pretty solid season so far, you know they're here Saturday at one o'clock in the afternoon. Another game where you know they're much higher in the standings, but you know you just played them and yeah. didn't play very well. So this is a situation where you're just you're constantly looking at the schedule and it's like we should beat this team, we should beat this team. Okay, well that's a tough game. But instead, it's they're losing a bit right now, and you know it's it's just you're you're getting you're digging that hole too deep right now, and if you don't start turning things around, like again last night too, you you just you want to see them tie that game late. And the one thing I've noticed, like their special teams hasn't been super solid. You have I think they had ten minutes worth of power play time in the second yeah. period, and they only came away with the one goal. It's something where they need to do. But you look at guys like Tim Stutzla, who. I was, you know, sitting with our uh, our somewhat friend Graham Creech <laughs> at the game last night, and just a guy that's constantly 
missing the net when he shoots. And yeah. it's like, man, just hit the net. Like, let's go. And you look at, you know, how Paggio scored his goal. And it's like, they're just throwing pucks on the net, just terrible. And just grab those rebounds, get those greasy, dirty goals. And it's like, yeah. meanwhile, you have, you know, just chances that aren't going in. You've got, you know, Alex DeBrinkett, who's, um, you know, one time, you know, is a good goal two-time scorer. Yeah. Goal scorer two time yeah. goal scorer. But like, this is a guy that just, he puts the puck in the net, and he's just like, man, he. It's like he can't put the puck in the net right now. If you, you know, yeah, you gave him an open net. It's just, and it's <laughs> unfortunate because you, I see like he's not playing terribly. Like he's having his chances. It's just, it's like they're they're at a spot where the confidence is. You you could tell just super low. They're and nine million bucks for that guy. He's got to find. He's got to be putting those in, right? Yeah, like he can't yeah. be a dead spot in the line. And you're right. He's getting his chances, but it's everything that can go wrong for this team right now is exactly and, exactly. And so even if you want to cut them some slack, that's fine. But the playoffs are fading away fast, and uh, that's the thing, right? And yeah, you look it was at, always going to be a tough slog for them to make the playoffs this year. But everyone wanted to see those meaningful games late, and man, even those are starting to yeah well, get away from you. And that's the thing, like I said, you and you know we just touched on it, but you get to those late games, and you you have to make every single one of them count because these games you're you're not winning, right? right. Like, and that's where it becomes next to impossible. And you see these crazy. Sure, it can happen. You know, sure. Hamburglar yeah. runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Louis Blues. Sure, like those those runs can happen. Yeah. But if you're banking Don't on them bang. to happen, yeah. like that's where you're going to put yourself in a very 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 tight spot. And like that's where people cost jobs. That's where confidence. Like it's just it's not good. You don't want to get there, especially with such a young core where you just want to see them find that confidence, find that next step, yeah. and get to that next step where they are in that you know, playoff hunt. And it's not because, you know, they're racing at the end because they lost so much in, you know, September and October, October, November, December, like those early months, because you came up coming off the preseason, there was a lot of hype and a lot of Of fun around this team. And it was the vibes of taking a hit. Yeah. (laughs) Have they ever? And it's just like I said, it's like now that, you know, those vibes are gone and the Alfie ceremonies happened. You're now where, where is this excitement going to come from? Where is the the hype going to come from? Is it going to be from pure door? I'm pulling the trigger on a desperate trade to shore up the blue line right now. Uh, Another Ryan Reynolds appearance. <laughs> yeah, like even Ryan Reynolds, right? Like unless he pulls the trigger on a purchase right now, yeah. but like at the same time, like that doesn't really solve what's happening on the ice. No, it doesn't. So as much as as much as fans love the Ryan Reynolds sighting and everything that's going on and his clips and talking about Ottawa and shout out to Vanier and all this, but it's like. Uh, on the ice is what the fans care about the most. Like yeah. I said last night, there's booze, there's not a lot of people there, everyone's grumpy, but at the same time, it's, it's Alfie's night and you expected yeah. it a little bit more. You just wanted a bit more and it's like a, a win would have been perfect last night. Just, you know, build a little bit of excitement, uh, you know, just have a little bit more fun while you're watching that Alfie ceremony. Instead, you, you got guys hanging their head and frustration setting in. Well, and right at the very end, uh, when the final buzzer went there, the cameras caught DJ Smith just storming off the bench, right? Yeah. <laughs> Curbs can storming down the hallway. And you want, I'm sure he wondered if this was his last, uh, it's, his last game. And I, I feel like, um, you know, we talk about this so much, right? When, we, when Paul Apolis with the Red Blacks, you know, any coach that's going through these stretches and, and, you know, they're hearing clips when reporters, like, especially for DJ Smith, are, you know, I know he could say he doesn't pay attention to that stuff. You know when you're yeah. you're not winning games yeah. and you're in a tight spot and there was a lot of hype. You heard Pierre Dorian throughout the summer, throughout the uh, off season. He said, "Man, like, yeah, you know, it, great, we did a lot, but it's time to win on the ice. Right. It's in like I don't want to say those are shots at DJ, but DJ knows it too. Like DJ's not an idiot. These no. coaches in the you know in, in pro sports got there because of experience. 
usually, but they're not idiots either. No, like, of course not. Sure, and, maybe and things don't work out. Maybe they're, you know, assholes behind the scenes. I don't know. And he also knows very well in previous years, the expectations were lower because the, the team that he had yeah. was nowhere near as good. He watched all of those moves this summer, and I'm sure he was excited. Hey, look, look how great our team's going to be. But he also knows, as you're saying, the man is not dumb. Oh, shit, okay. We're going for this, right? Mm-hmm. It's time. We have to turn the corner now, and uh, they and, haven't. So, and, and he's he being knows. talked about, right? Like I, th- I f- like I said, no, no matter how much you try and avoid or say you don't read or listen or pay attention to that stuff, I know he has a job to do as a coach, but it's in the back of your head. You're not an idiot. Like I don't believe if you're a head coach in any professional sports team, you got there by accident. Right. You know, you got there from experience. You got there from being a part of sports. You look at DJ Smith and he went through the rebuild in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like he was there with Babs for a couple of years. That's right. So this is a guy that has seen success straight up off of a rebuild. You look at that Leafs team making the playoffs against the Washington Capitals. And yep. yes, we could chirp that it was the, the learning year and sure. all that stuff. But he was still there when a, a, a when young. the corner. Yeah. And made the, the strides it was supposed to make. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and how this team right now has a young, solid core yep. and probably a lot more talented and part of where they are right now than when that Leafs core was, when they made that playoff sure. series as rookies with, with playing the Washington Capitals, right? Like these guys are a couple years in. Yep. Like, you know, that was Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner as rookies yep. playing in that playoff series. You got Brady Kachuk who's been around a couple years now. Drake Batherson, he had a great goal last night. He had a rocket of a shot, but... You know, these guys, that that, great shot. yeah, great shot. Thomas Shabbat. I know he's injured right now, but these are guys that have, you know, been in season I would yes. like to say they're, they're not just total rookies anymore. These guys and have been three years to bring and Giroux who both, yeah. you know, Giroux certainly more than to bring but both have played, they've been around a bit. They've had success. For and, sure. Cam Talbot in goal, right yeah. there, there was like, and I get it. He started injured and it's not ideal to deal with that stuff because already you're behind the eight ball and here comes Anton Forsberg and he... I found has played okay in the majority of his starts. I don't think he's to blame for the majority. Uh, Marcus Helberg was call, uh, brought up in off waivers. You know, wasn't uh, I, I think his equipment was more uh, impressive than any of his play, and that's because <laughs> he had some solid gear and pads. But at the end of the day, like you know, we can go in circles about everything in the situation they're they're at. But I feel like DJ Smith should know where he's at right now, and it's not an ideal spot to be in because, like you said, if he's kicking over garbage cans, he's frustrated. Yeah. He knows his ass is on the line here right now, and if he doesn't improve, he will be looking for a job, and he's going to be out of a job, and it's not ideal. But at the same time, he knows deep down that it's it's. It's his time right now to perform, and those guys aren't. Uh, Matt Murray about to make his return to the Leafs net hmm. uh, in Pittsburgh tonight. How's hmm. it, how's it going to go? Yeah, we'll see if he makes it through the warm up. Yeah, yeah okay. Oh, man, hey, like I never ever want to you know rip on anybody before being injured all the time, but a Leafs team that Shalgren isn't it. I think no, we've I think we've all no, can agree. I think, and, and look, I think I've seen you on Twitter. <laughs> he's a third string goalie, so what do you expect, right? Yep. But he is what he is and he is not the guy. No. Um I don't know where their goaltending position sits. Because Samsonov mm, He's been fine. Yeah, but fine. And well, that's all they need. Well, they need more than that with Muzzin now out for a little well, bit. That's and fair. it's in that you know, you're looking at spots now where they're talking about injuries like 
their back end starting to pile up with a couple injuries yep. and it's, uh, you know, for Muzzin, you know, you hope he's all right and he's able to play hockey again. Right. Because yeah, he may be done for the year. Yeah. Longer. I think February to March End is what they February, were saying. They said they'd look at him again. Brody's yeah. down now. He's the, and he's the linchpin that makes it all go. Mm-hmm. Brody is the guy that you either pair with Morgan Riley so he can run wild and not have to defend, mm-hmm. or you move over to protect Justin Hall on the second pair mm-hmm. or, you know, put with Lillian or, uh, or Sandine so that they have some responsibility. Like he's, you want one of those on each pair. And unfortunately there's only one of them. And right now. There's less than one of them as he's out hurt, so. Yeah, and Lilligren, uh, you know, coming back from injury, I thought he's looked okay, he too. Is, yeah. So, you know, it's good to have him back. And I think he'd been playing with Sandine, which is like the, the uh, I guess, dream pairing for all Leaf fans over the last, <laughs> yeah. what, five, six yeah. years. Of ideally, they two, might become the guys. <laughs> our two first-round pick <laughs> yeah. defensemen, right and left shot, our dream pairing for years has finally come together. But, uh, yeah, they're in a spot where you know, they could use Matt Murray, and I hope he can get healthy and he can play again. I've said it from... Day one, do I believe it? I'll believe it when I see it more or less. And yeah. can he get them somewhere? Um, you know, you could be fine all you want, but at the end of the day. I'd have held him back one more game. Yeah, I, I, I think there was a little bit been, of a hype, though, about this. And it's like, I, know, I know, but that's the whole point for me. Like, he's he's been through some shit, right? He's been hurt. Don't uh, need Sid just, scoring a hattie tonight well, on him. And I, it just, <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. But just the extra emotion that goes into playing your old team on the road, back in that old, just hold it one more night and... Yeah, bring him back when he's not thinking about all that. I don't even. I think it's New Jersey next, and New Jersey's playing really, really well. Uh, yeah. But the emotional shit isn't there, right? The mental baggage isn't there against a New Jersey like it would be against Pittsburgh. I'd have probably held him one more night, but uh, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, and I wasn't even sure if we would see him because I think we were supposed to see him on Saturday. There was some talk that he yeah. might be back for Saturday. And it was like, okay, maybe we'll see. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to ever cheer against the guy or you know, be so negative on injuries and all that. But for me and Matt Murray, I just hope the guy's all right and he can get out there and play. And yeah. like I said, the Leafs uh, are in a spot right now where injuries are starting to pile up on that back end. Yep. And here comes uh, Mar- Mac Hallowell to uh, save the back end a bit. I believe they called him up. I don't they know if he'll play, yes. but uh, either way, oh, they're in a they're in a spot right now where they've uh, as much injuries they've dealt with. Like you, we can compare Ottawa Toronto right now, and yes, Toronto might have a little bit more deeper of a team, yeah. but uh, they've you know had a very rocky road, but are still you know getting some wins when they need to. Uh, Bundle, my man. It's always fun when you come in. Appreciate when you make the time. Come in, have a pint, kick shit around. Uh, always good to see you, buddy. Yeah, always uh, happy to be on here. I know the t- Tall Can Audio fans out front are <laughs> still a bit angry as I look at the window. Yep, no, I see a couple pitchforks. And <laughs> get that Bunda. What does that sign say? <laughs> Sob. Yep. All right, I'm going out the fire. They're smashing escape. his fucking limo. Yeah, fucking yeah, it's a good thing it's not my limo. That's the wrong one. Uh, thank God. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks for having me on, man. As always, and I'll be taking the fire escape, buddy. But uh, Appreciate you having me on, and uh, yeah, man, let's go. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!